Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. I am an example of what is possible when girls from the very beginning of their lives are loved and nurtured by people around them. I was surrounded by extraordinary women in my life who taught me about quiet strength and dignity. Former First Lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, said this. Today on The Beautiful Butterfly Project, I am so excited to welcome author, minister, transformational speaker, and self-love advocate, Rashonda Atchison. She is going to help us explore how to use our voice to help others become the best versions of themselves. I raise up my voice, not so I can shout, but those without a voice can be heard. We cannot succeed when half of us are held back. Malala Yousfazi said this. And today on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, we will explore just that. This is the Beautiful Butterfly Project. Rashonda Atchison is the founder of Get Up and Live Academy and Get Up and Rain nonprofit. She is also a workshop and transformational speaker. She is an ordained minister and currently serves as the minister of prayer for the Grace Church in Houston, Texas. Rashonda is the author of Get Up and Live. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Petroleum Land Management from the University of Houston and received a Juris Doctorate degree from the Thurgood Marshall School of Law. Rashonda practiced law in the Houston and surrounding areas from November of 1993 until she accepted an appointment as an administrative law judge in 2002. Fueled by a passion to see people liberated and operating at their full potential, her calling is to educate, equip, and empower people through literary works and life-transforming messages that produce inner healing and wholeness. She believes that many can relate to her life experiences and has vowed to use them to encourage and empower others. The Beautiful Butterfly Project is so honored to welcome to the show, Rashonda Atchison. Hello, Rashonda. How are you today? Hello, Nicole. I am great, and I am so grateful and so honored to be a guest on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. You know, I'm just so excited to have you and just to be completely transparent, to let the audience who I dubbed the Butterfly Nation know that we met as part of a mastermind group. And when, you know, I heard that you were doing some phenomenal things, I, you know, I said to myself, I need to have her as a guest. So I'm just so honored to have you. I am so honored to be a guest. I'm always blessed by your podcast and I'm just honored to be a guest. And so I read your biography, you know, and that doesn't even scratch the surface of who you are. So my first question to you is, who would Rashonda say that she is? I am a native Houstonian. And as you stated, by vocation, I am an administrative law judge. But I just have a strong passion to speak life, to be light and to be love. That's who I say that I am. I am light. 
there's a song by India Ari, and I just love mm-hmm. that song. And I believe that that's my confidence statement. That's my mantra that I'm light because light shines in darkness and light cannot be hidden. One thing that the song says and why I love that song so much is that it says that I'm not the things that my family did. I'm not the voices in my head because sometimes the voices in your head could be negative. And mm-hmm. it says I'm not the pieces of brokenness, but I am light. That's who I would say that I am, that I'm light. Okay, now you just came out the box hitting me in the chest with some profound statements there because there's a lot to unpack. First of all, I love that song too by India Ari. That is such a beautiful song and it has so many true statements to that. And you say that you are light. And in your work that you do and along your journey, you probably have gone through some transformational phases yourself. And so having said that, we all have that one experience that shapes us into who we are. Do you um, have that one experience or can you point to one moment in your life that shaped the current version of who Rashonda is? I do. It was the birth of my daughter. I was a pregnant teenager. I was pregnant at 16 and a mother at 17. And so it really shaped my life because I was at a point in my life where I was getting to know who Rashonda was. I was just finding out who my identity was. And then I found myself 17, a mother. I didn't understand life, but I was about to bring life into the world. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand who I was or what my purpose was, but I was bringing life into the world, individual that had her own purpose. That situation, one thing that it did, it made me stronger. Mm -hmm. It made me see the importance of loving unconditionally. It taught me how to love unconditionally. It taught me the true meaning of love when I looked into my daughter's eyes. And it made me able to adapt with the twists and turns of life because pregnant at 16, a mother at 17, that's something that I didn't expect. But I was able to adapt. I was able to adapt and change the course of my life because at 16, 17, we have plans and dreams and things that we want to do. But this was a twist. And so one thing that that experience taught me that now, at my age now and on the journey of my life, when I'm thrown something unexpected, when the road twists, I'm able to adapt and stay on course and stay focused. So it made me a stronger person, a more adaptable person who is able to embrace change and grow from change. I love what you said, Rashonda, in your statement is that you didn't understand life, yet you were getting ready to give life. That is so profound because even on our journeys to become the best versions of ourselves, we don't exactly know what our purpose is. Like Even at that young age, as you mentioned, you were still trying to figure it out. And so I want to follow up on on that question and ask you, after you gave birth to your daughter. What was your journey like at that time? It was a hard journey, Nicole. It was a hard journey because I didn't have a clue Mm -hmm. of what I was doing. Right. But I'm so grateful that I had a mother. Mm -hmm. I had sisters. I had aunts. I had a grandmother. I had a circle of women around me Mm -hmm. who embraced me without judgment And they helped me on this journey. It was a hard journey because 
I had made up in my mind that I would not be a statistic, that I would not be a teen mother who did not accomplish the goals that she had set out to accomplish. And so there was a lot of sacrifices that I had to make. Yeah, I had to grow up quickly. I had to mature quickly. Certain things that girls my age were thinking about or dealing with, I didn't have time to deal with that. I had to finish high school. I finished high school with honors. I had to finish college. And I had a dream always to be an attorney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it was a hard journey. It was hard emotionally. It was hard physically. But because of the circle that I had around me and because of why I was fighting so hard not to be a statistic, and that was my daughter, Mm -hmm. I made it. Mm -hmm. But that journey made me stronger. That journey made me wiser. And I'm able to handle the difficulties in life because of that journey. That is so, so, so amazing. One of the things that I know from my journey that I had to learn how to do was, number one, embrace change. So we will be able to transition forward to become our authentic selves. And I heard you talk about being willing to embrace change, you know, the change in, you know, becoming a mother, you know, where other girls at that age and time were doing other things. You were a mother on top of being a student fighting against becoming a statistic. So having that journey, is that one of the reasons that has compelled you to start sharing your message with others, you know, because you transitioned from being an attorney to a judge. And now you are a pastor, you are a speaker, and you're speaking life into others. Was that transition for you difficult? It was not difficult because I always had a heart for people. Mm -hmm. And so I always had a passion to help, Mm -hmm. to see people liberated and to see individuals walking in their purpose. Now, One thing that I know, the journey that I took, I was able to relate to to individuals, to relate to young girls, to relate to women, because I know how it feels to be in bondage to low self-worth and Mm. low self-esteem. Because I was on this journey carrying all those baggages, Mm -hmm. low self-worth, low self-esteem, rejection, pain. Mm. But I know how it feels to be a hostage to all of that. Wow. To not have your voice, to have your voice silent by pain, Mm -hmm. but still have that ache inside of you because you still have a life message that you you must sing, that you must get out. Mm -hmm. And so I've always had a passion and a desire to help. And so I just feel like everything that I gathered, all the wisdom and the knowledge, all of my experiences, I bring all of that with me to the place I am now, and I'm able to speak into the lives of other people because I can tell them, I know how it feels. I've been where you are. Mm. And there is victory on the other side. Hold on and don't give up. That is so true when you say that there is victory on the other side. Hold on and don't give up. I know from where I was born and how I grew up in a lot of dysfunction and, you know, and how I survived my childhood abuse and just seeing my mother abused and 
that type of experience can place a hold on your mind, which places a hold on your life. And it can put you in a place of fear, put you in a place of anxiety, and it can stifle you. It can stifle you from growing and from moving on. So how have you used your life experiences to give that message to other young girls? Do you share a lot of your personal experiences? Yes, I do. I share my personal experiences in my writings and mainly I share it in my messages. And while I speak, when I minister on Sunday, I'm very transparent. Mm-hmm. I'm very transparent. When I speak at speaking engagements, when I speak uh, workshops, I'm very transparent. Because I just believe that if I can connect with the person that I'm speaking with right. and they can see that they're, that they're, they're not alone that they're not the only one who has been through what they're going through right now. Yeah. And also on my podcast, mm-hmm. I'm very transparent. I plan to bring guests that are very transparent and very authentic. Because mm-hmm. the goal is always to get individuals to think, to renew their minds and to transform. And so that's mainly what I use through writing through speeches and at my retreats, we go even deeper to do healing and wholeness work. Okay. So now I'm really excited because you open the door to the ways in which you share your message. And that's so amazing. So let's talk about how you share your message through writings and your book. So tell us about your book that you have um, out. My book is called Get Up and Live. Get up and live. And my book was a birth in 2017. Okay. And the book was a result. I always had a book in me, but I wasn't sure of the title. Mm -hmm. And so I had been married 13 years and I got divorced. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a really defining moment in my life. Yeah. Because I had been hiding I had been silent. I had always had this need for approval. And so I was just existing and not living my life. Mm -hmm. And so I was in this very unhappy, unloving marriage that I had decided that I'll stay in this marriage and maybe I'll get some happiness, you know, when I go to glory. Mm -hmm. But the marriage ended. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a very uh, low place, very low place. And so I wrote this book because I was so depressed, I could not get out of bed. Every morning, I had to drag myself out of bed. Mm. And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, get up and live. Mm. Get up and live. And from that moment on, I got up and my life had changed. My whole disposition had changed. And I wrote that book. The first chapter was, how did I get here? I'm not supposed to be here. And I looked at where I was in life. I was in a very low place. I looked at why I got there. But the last part of the book is called And Live. And it's about being free, being liberated, standing in my truth, and just living life without fear, without pain, and like it's golden. So that's why that book was birthed. And that book has a mission to go and bless the lives of other people. 
And um, I'm sorry, something when you were talking, you know, it hit me. I have your book and I've read it, haven't finished it. And what has stopped me from finishing it is that there's a lot of self-reflection in your book. And I don't know whether you knew that or not, is that you talked about being depressed and not being able to get out of the bed and wondering how you got to that place. From 30 to 40, that was my life. Just didn't know how I was going to just keep pushing forward just through life as it existed because you just get to a point in life where I didn't know who I was. I didn't know why I was living life. I was living life for other people and I didn't know my purpose. And so in reading your book, it was peeling off some of those layers that, you know, you think that you've dealt with, but you have another voice that was ministering to your spirit. So I just want to take the time and tell you, thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm so glad that it touched you because that's the mission of the book is to go out and to minister. Mm, That's amazing. And so in the process of writing your book and going through that stage in your life where, you know, you were going through a divorce and um, you were having difficulty, was there one affirmation or one mantra that you had that you spoke to yourself on a daily basis? One of the things that I spoke to myself on a daily basis is that you can make it. You can make Mm. it and you are enough. Mm. Because I think that I got to that place because I had a lot of baggage that I, I had from childhood during the teen years when I was pregnant and then a teen mother. And I held on to those baggages and I swept a lot under the rug and I didn't feel like I was enough. Mm. And I wasn't sure if I could make it because there was a point when I was pregnant with my daughter that I was suicidal, that I contemplated suicide because I I had so much shame on me. I didn't think I could face that. Mm. And so I pushed all of that down. I pushed all of that down. And I think that's why I got to the point that I was where I could not get out of bed. It wasn't so much the divorce, but it was reaching a point of, I felt like I just could not go on any further. But I would tell myself when I got out that bed after hearing those words, get up and live. I would tell myself, you can make it and you are enough. You are enough. And that helped me see that I had a purpose. I had a reason for being here, that Mm -hmm. I wasn't an afterthought, that Mm -hmm. God had something for me to do. And the main thing that it helped me to see is that God saw me. Mm. He saw me. When nobody else, when I didn't feel like anybody else saw me, he saw me and he loved me. Mm. So I'm enough and I can make it. That statement right there, you are enough. We are enough. You can make it. We can make it. Somebody needed to hear that. And that isn't communicated and said enough to ourselves so we can believe it. And then for us to give it to other people, such as our children and the people who we want to impact through our work and through our mission and through our ministry. So when I hear you say that, I feel your passion behind it. And 
Working in your ministry, let's um, talk about that. Did you have any influences or any mentors in leading you into the ministry? I would say that my mentor was my pastor, Pastor Taylor Dimes Jr. Mm -hmm. He has been my mentor because when I initially began going to church at a young age, I never felt like I fit in. I never felt Mm -hmm. like I fit into the just, I guess, the religious flow. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. one thing that he does and one thing that I was able to see and glean from his life is that he flowed the way God would have him to flow. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. about religion and and knowing the the right churchy thing to say, but it, it was just about having a relationship, flowing with God and just being who he called you to be. So he helped me to see that God was greater greater than the the four walls of the church, that it's about Mm -hmm. relationship and walking in purpose and being who God has called you to be. And so Mm -hmm. that was my greatest experience because he helped me to see the beautiful side of ministry. And the the beautiful side of ministry that I now see is what I've always been called to do. It's what God has called me to do. And it's just to be light to be loved, let that light shine so that people can see that light and it glorifies God. Because one of the things that I truly believe in and one of the things that I have, you know, written is that we are the true reflection of God's design for our life. We are not a mistake. We are created with the purpose that God sees who we really at the core are. And even if we have a hard time radiating that or showing that to the world, God just doesn't leave us. He um, does direct us in exactly how to do that. And your passion is sharing that message with others. And that has propelled you, you know, to start a platform in your podcast. So tell the Butterfly Nation a little bit about what your podcast is about. The main goal of the podcast is to get people to think, to reflect, to renew their minds, and to be transformed. Mm. So some of the topics that we have dealt with is being delivered from shame, because shame is a, a weapon that the enemy will use to keep individuals silent, to keep them in a low place. So we deal with Mm. topics that will cause you to go inside and deal with the inner hurt and the inner pain and deal with those things that sometimes you can't share with other people, but just to take time just to reflect and be transformed. I plan to have guests on that will also assist in healing and wholeness because I just truly believe that we have to go inside first and heal and be whole, and then bring it to the outside. Let it illuminate from to the outside. And so that's mm. some of the main topics, and that's the goal. That's the mission of the uh, Get Up and Live podcast. Get up and live. Get up and live. Because I just think that once you listen to the podcast, then I want you to find a quiet place and just reflect on what was said. Because I had some Mm -hmm. of the greatest breakthroughs and transformations in my life after I heard an empowering message and then went back and reflect on it. That's the goal and the mission 
of the Get Up and Lift podcast. I love how you have the reoccurring theme of get up and live, but also in something that you just said about reflection. And, you know, looking at your blog, you wrote something in April that's entitled, What Do You See? And you have a section in what you wrote that talks about mirror, mirror and us growing up and watching fairy tales. And, you know, you have the you know most beautiful princess or queen. She's looking in the mirror. She said, mirror, mirror. And looking at that reflection, you said that you became enraged each day that you looked in the mirror because something outside didn't exactly define what was on the inside and how we look to others for validation and confidence. So could you expand on that. Sometimes we look for others to validate us and to tell us Mm -hmm. who we are. Right. Only the maker can tell you who you are. Mm. And they can't see the outside, the individuals that you look for, for validation. They can't see the true core of who you are. They can't see your heart. You know, man looks at the outside. Mm -hmm. They look at the outside. And sometimes they can't see the heart. They can't see the true person. And so when you look to the world and you look to individuals to validate you and tell you who you are, you will always fail. Mm. There's an exercise that we do in my retreats. I give each and every individual lady a mirror. Mm. And I tell them to look into that mirror. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I tell them, tell me what you saw. Mm. Afterwards, all of the ladies came to me privately and said, what I told you I saw in the group is not what I saw. Mm. And so I want each and every individual that I come into contact with, that when they look in the mirror, that they see who God tells them who they are, that they don't see what the world is telling them who they are, Mm -hmm. because the world's interpretation of you and the world's view of you It'll change. And it's not who you feel that you are on the inside. That's one of the reasons why we do this exercise, because after that, I give them an assignment and I tell them to speak of affirmation and to speak life into themselves as they look into the mirror. So the whole purpose of that blog is to show that we can't look on the outside, that we find validation, definition from the inside. And working with these ladies in, in your retreat, which is just another layer and aspect of who you are, Rashonda, you have a huge light. And I want to ask you, what do you believe is the core reason that we as women suffer from not being able to see the reflection of who we really are? What do you believe that stems from? I believe that and I'm speaking on experience, Yeah, is that sometimes we don't put ourselves first sometimes. And okay, come on now. we're always caring for other people. Mm-hmm. We're always concerned about the needs of other people. We're always there for other people. So we fail to give ourselves self-care and self-love because we feel that other people are more important than us. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. in that time of trying to be everything to everybody else, we lose who we are. 
And we get so far away from who we are to where we don't even know how to find our way back. And that's why women who have healed, women who who have taken the time for self-care, that's why it's so important that we help those women find their way back. Mm. But it's all because we fail to just love, take time to love ourselves and see that Mm. we are important as well. Helping other people to find themselves, we lose ourselves. Gosh, I'm just so excited. It's just so much. That is so, so, so true. I remember growing up and adapting my behavior to when my dad came home. If he was in a good mood, then I was in a good mood. If he was in a terrible mood, then I shrank. And I wouldn't speak until I was spoken to. And so that type of behavior, it stayed with me. Even when I got married, my identity morphed into my husband's identity, into my family's identity, to where when I turned 38, you know, I woke up one morning and I was just like, had some other things going on. I said, you know, I'm tired. Today's the day where I start making change. And I didn't find my voice, Rashonda, until I was 38 years old. And I'll be 49 this year. And I'm still finding out the most beautiful things about myself. And when you talk about from your experience, what you believe the reasoning behind women don't know what their reflection is or who they are on the inside, how would you advise them in your workshops on how to go about finding out exactly that? One of the things, as I stated earlier, I think that quiet time and reflection is necessary. Absolutely. Because the world and voices, outside voices are so loud that you have to sit still and shed all of those voices out. And when you do that, that gives you an opportunity just to be with you. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some individuals, they can't even spend time just alone with themselves. So you find that quiet time and you reflect on your life and it requires honesty. You got to love yourself enough to be honest with yourself. Come on now. To deal with issues that hurt because that's the only way you're going to be free. You have to be honest. You have to be truthful with yourself and you got to love yourself enough to fight for your healing, fight for your wholeness. Mm. And you have to realize that you are unique and there is something that you are called to do that no one else can do. Mm. And you have to come to that point. Accept yourself, love yourself, flaws and all. Love all Mm. of you. And then when you stand in your truth, bloom where you are. Bloom Mm -hmm. where you are. Don't wait until everything is in order or, or the situation is perfect. Bloom where you are. Love Mm -hmm. yourself where you are. And that's what I would tell them. I think that's what's necessary. I love that because no situation and no time frame is ever going to be perfect for us to make a move, to move forward in anything. And one of the things that I like to say is don't ever count me out. That's (laughs) right. Because the moment that you count me out, it will not end well. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, it is not going to work in your favor. And you wrote in your blog about never giving up and you gave some great advice in there. One of the things that you talked about was not only trust yourself, but these stepping stones and these failures and how we don't need to view our failures as that, but to view them as stepping stones. And my question to you is this, Rashonda, when you talk about your journey from being a mother to finishing high school to phenomenally going on to college and becoming a lawyer and an administrative judge, what would you say that your ultimate purpose is in life? I think my ultimate purpose in life is to be a vessel of light and love Mm. because light is revelation. As I stated, light cannot be hidden and love. I don't just want to love, but I want to be love because we're told that love never fails. And so as long as you position yourself to be a vessel of light and as long as you be love, you'll never fail. And everything that you desire to accomplish in life, whatever your purpose is, whatever your career is, whatever the call is on your life, you'll never fail because you're light and you are love and you'll never fail. And so my purpose is to touch as many lives as I'm able to. I always say that I want to die empty, that everything that God has placed inside of me, everyone that I'm ordained to touch, everyone that I need to speak into their lives, I want to do it. I don't want to leave nothing on the table. I want to die empty. And so that is my ultimate purpose because now I understand. And like you, it took me many years to understand this. Now I understand that mm-hmm. I am here for a reason. I'm yeah. here for a purpose. And when God breathed the breath of life in me, he put something in me that I was meant to bring here to this on, earth now. and to yeah. leave it here and make mm. this world and to make lives a better place because I lived, because I breathed and because I existed. In all of your being. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is my purpose. I love it. You are just such sunshine, Rashonda. I'm just over here. I'm smiling and I have tears down my face at the same time. <laughs> because this is just so amazing. It's, you know, it's almost you're speaking a lot of my journey. And it's just so amazing to meet another human being that has walked some of the same path. And so my next question to you is, about living a triumphant life. That's one of my main goals in life is to experience life, just not live it. And you talked about dying empty and being the vessel that God created you to be. So what advice or tips can you give our Butterfly Nation about living a triumphant life? The advice that I would share with the Butterfly Nation is to never allow past mistakes or failure to define you. Mm-hmm. And never let it determine your future. Yeah, You have to let the pain propel you into your future. Don't let the fear stop you, but let it be fuel. And the final thing that I would, the advice that I would give is, is just to embrace who you are. Stand in your truth and be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Be your authentic self. I love it. I love it. 
So there are about three questions that I ask everybody here who is a guest on the Beautiful Butterfly Project. These are just random questions that I like to ask. And so I'd like to ask you those questions. Are you ready, Rashonda? I'm ready. All right. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Tell me why. I love all shades of blue. I believe sky blue is my favorite shade mm-hmm. because there's something about blue is so peaceful. Mm-hmm. And when I'm having a hard day or a challenging day, I always just look up and I take a deep breath. Wow. And the color that I see is blue. Wow. And so blue is calming and it's so peaceful. And that's why I love it. What is your favorite word? My favorite word is love. Mm. That is my favorite word. Mm. That encompasses so many things. Yes. I mean, love is life. Love is liberating. Love is peace. We're here because of love. We're able to make it and endure the challenges of life because of love. Everything rests, my belief, everything rests and begins at end with love. And that's why that's my favorite word. Beautiful. So if you had one day left on earth, Rashonda, what would you spend it doing? I would spend that day with my family, with my loved ones, and with my friends, those who are near and dear to me. And I would spend that time telling them how much I love them, telling them what they mean to me, and also just giving them Just a word of encouragement and advice on how to carry on without me. Mm, That's profound. How to carry on without you. I don't believe I've ever had a guest say that. That is so profound. And so, Miss Rashunda, could you please tell the Butterfly Nation where to find you? I am on Facebook, Rashunda Atchison. And also, I have a private Facebook group called Get Up and Live Academy. I am also on Instagram as Rashonda Atchison and uh, Get Up and Live Academy. My website is RashondaSpeakLife.com. I haven't started my YouTube yet, but uh, that will also be called Get Up and Live. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everything is Get Up and Live because that is the phrase that God spoke to me that just caused me to just to live, to get up out of that bed and live. Well, Miss Rashonda, the Beautiful Butterfly Project thanks you for being a guest. It has been my absolute pleasure to have you on. It has been my pleasure to be a guest. I love all of you, Butterfly Nation. And uh, Nicole, I'm so honored to have been a guest. You are yeah. such a beautiful soul. And uh, I love you and thank you so much. And may God continue to open doors for you. May his favor continue to shine on your life. And may all of your dreams and everything that you have envisioned for your life, may God bring that to pass. Yes. And I received that and I love you as well. And in the last words of Miss Rashonda Atchison, get up and live, be light and be love. And we'll 
see you again on the next episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at The Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email The Beautiful Butterfly Project at InnovativeButterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on The Beautiful Butterfly Project.